This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. This show is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. For show notes and links, go to acerealtypa.com slash podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. This is a show that gives you the information you need to make your next move a great one. I'm your host, Sean, and today I'm sitting down with Derek from Housewash PA, and we're going to be talking about a couple things that sellers can do to boost their curb appeal. Um, anyway, hey, Derek, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me, Sean. Yeah, so so tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do and how long you've been doing Housewash PA. Okay, so I've been uh, power washing for over 10 years now. Um, I'm an owner-operator. I do everything from roof cleaning, stucco cleaning, um, paver sealing, anything that deals with exterior cleaning. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, when they're looking to sell, obviously, you've heard this before, curb appeal is very important. Um, When people are looking to buy a house, they want to drive by it. Uh, And also, it's got to look great in the photos, right? Definitely. So one of the things uh, that a lot of people hire me for is roof cleaning. So you've probably seen those black streaks on roofs. Um, As... You know, technology's progressed. More and more realtors are using drone photos. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you'll see those black streaks either in the front of the house or in the back of the house. I'm able to get them out for the homeowner and for the realtor for those pictures. Yeah, yeah. So what I, I've seen them before, um, and it's not always it doesn't always correlate with an ill maintained house. Like sometimes everything else, the yard looks great. The siding might not even be that dirty, but then you get those streaks on the house. What exactly causes that? So that's a form of an algae that gets on your roof. Um, it, it embeds itself into the limestone and then it's just going to multiply. It usually starts happening around year 10 to 15. Okay. You can get shingles now that have kind of an algae side in them, but I've even seen them fail. So if you're around that 10 to 15 year mark, you're looking to uh, put your house on the market you have those stains, it would definitely be a good time to have that clean. And that's pretty much going to last you then for the rest of the the um, life cycle of the roof. Now, there's products I can get from Home Depot that say, you know, that you attach them to your hose and stuff right. like that. What's the difference between like a house wash or like a soft wash and some of the products that homeowners could pick up? Okay, the biggest thing um, – with some of the stuff at Home Depot that you can buy to clean your roof, it's more of an enzyme mm-hmm. that's doing the roof cleaning. You have to leave it up there for six months. It's not guaranteed to work. It's it's not a commercial grade type of product to really mm-hmm. to really tackle that situation. Okay. Um, what about like a power washer? Because um, there's a lot of like power washing companies out there. They'll do your your sidewalk, your siding, right. your gutters, your whatever. Do they do what? what do they do roofs or? So um, not everyone does roofs. I've seen horror stories where guys will use actual pressure washers to clean roofs. It's going to knock all the granulars off your roof and basically destroy the lifespan of your roof. Mm-hmm. So you have to use the proper um, chemicals, the proper surfactants. And then most importantly, you want to make sure that you're getting your roof neutralized Everything that I do follows the Asphalt um, Roofing Manufacturers Association guidelines to clean the roof. So um, 
your asphalt roofing companies know that this is an issue and they provide documentation on how to properly clean the roof. Mm -hmm. What about metal roofs or flat roofs or stuff like that, like uh, beyond the standard? Okay, so that's a good question. A lot of times now we're seeing metal roofs put on houses or Mm -hmm. as an accent for a front porch. What I can do with metal roofs is you're starting to see some oxidation occur in the metal roof where uh, maybe it started out as like a a real nice deep green color and Mm -hmm. it went to a faded green color. That is something else that I can can do to restore that original color back that's going to last for many years. It's basically sun damage. It's oxidation. Yeah. So um, you could get algae on that as well and lichen, but more and more we're seeing – actual fading of the metal roof what's the difference between algae and lichen because lichen i i mean you can see it's it's like a growth right yeah it's just kind of like a a, an older form of the algae Mm -hmm. you know that it's going to be more blotchy um thicker that sort of thing if there's actually lichen growing on the roof can you can you clean that off or is at that point you got to either scrape it off or replace the roof So you can definitely clean it off. I like to tell homeowners that I come across that are looking to put their house on the market. I like at least 30 days prior Mm -hmm. to pictures to have it clean. We do need some time for the lichen to fall off Mm. through natural raining, through the sun kind of drying it out. So it definitely can be removed. We like to not put any brushes on it to actually, again, mess up the granulars. But – you know, the roof does not need replaced at that point. Okay. Interesting. What is, uh, like, have you seen roofs that were pretty torn up from power washers or pressure washers or something? I have. Um, there's a circular disc, um, that's called a surface cleaner. And I've seen guys actually take the surface cleaner up onto the roof and literally apply the pressure like you would with a concrete sidewalk and just completely destroy homeowners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, roof. So that's, that's pretty horrific. So when is, so when is a good time to use those, those discs? I've seen them. They're like attachments for power yeah. washers and stuff. Is that what they're for? Concrete? Yeah, they're box? for concrete. Really? Um, I use the term pressure washing, but that's only because homeowners don't fully know the term soft washing. Soft yeah. washing is really what you want to look for. It's using low PSI typically around 100 PSI. Your garden hose is around 30 to 40 PSI. So you can put your hand behind the the actual um, gun. It's not going to damage you. And in terms of when should you use a pressure washer, really it's just on concrete and you want to make sure that concrete was poured correctly and it can handle the actual PSI. At that point, I still only like to go 1,500 PSI. Uh, a lot of times you'll see um, – Home Depot and Lowe's will advertise a 3,500 PSI pressure washer. Mm -hmm. Guys in the industry care more about gallons per minute as opposed to PSI. So, Mm -hmm. for instance, I run a machine that puts out 15 gallons a minute. The largest machine at Home Depot is three and a half gallons a minute, Mm -hmm. but it's 4,000 PSI. Mm -hmm. I'm only at 100 PSI. So I'm letting the water and the volume of water in the soaps do the work versus high pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you've seen happen? Like, like, have you seen damage from people doing a poor power washing job? Sure. Uh, A lot of times you'll see, um, 
stripes going over top of the siding. You'll see all the lines. Mm -hmm. They basically disturb the oxidation, which is very costly to fix, to, to purchase the chemicals to fix that. A lot of the bigger issues I'm seeing now are guys hiring workers to and giving them one or two days of training and then sending them out here, um, causing all sorts of damage, whether they're using high pressure or chemicals, they don't understand the correct dilution ratio. They're not neutralizing their soaps when they're done. So it can it's it's very problematic. Um, mm -hmm. It got power washing got very popular on YouTube with a bunch of clickbait videos. Uh -huh. um, so you'll see videos like make a thousand dollars a day power washing. Mm -hmm. That started getting um, a younger generation kind of into it. And, and and now that's what you're seeing. Everybody used to carry around in Chester County. Everybody that had a truck had a trailer and a lawnmower. Mm -hmm. Now everybody with a truck has <laughs> a Home Depot power washer. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's kind of the issue that's going on that I see. You think these people should stick to just carpet cleaning and <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely grub removal. Because that was like that was like the other the, the old thing where yes. it was like you know grab a carpet cleaner, go rent it for the day, go hit a couple right. houses, make a thousand bucks, right? And stuff like that. So you have guys that um, have insurance. So there's. Your basic insurance, mm -hmm. and then there's insurance that has care, custody, and control. Basic insurance is not going to cover somebody ruining the side of your house. Mm -hmm. You would actually have to enter into a civil lawsuit with them. Mm -hmm. Care, custody, and control is where if that person has that insurance, they perform poor craftsmanship on your house, the insurance company is going to cover it. Mm -hmm. Most people do not have that. Yeah, I can imagine um, right. because it seems like it's a I, – I feel like there's probably a perception that's easy to get into. Like you said, you could Low literally barrier, yeah. just rent the equipment for the day yes. to come by and do it. Um, and it doesn't seem that difficult. It doesn't seem like – like it seems like anyone could just grab the wand mm -hmm. and hold it up against the house and, and power Correct. wash it. There's a low barrier to entry. Um you know, then you'll have guys that are climbing up uh, 30, 40 feet with a ladder trying to p pressure wash. Everything I do is from the ground. Mm -hmm. I even clean the majority of my roofs from the ground. Occasionally, I have to stand on an A-frame ladder. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not dragging a ladder around your house, that sort of thing. I'm not putting any um, – not putting myself in danger or the homeowner, you mm -hmm. know, using ladders and that sort of thing. So you mentioned the roof cleaning, mm -hmm. which I love because nothing says old fixer-upper right. than walking up to a house and there's streaks on the roof. Right. Um, and, and some people deal with that. Some people mm -hmm. don't. Um, but you also handle the the siding, which, you know, like you said, like a lot of times you get the pressure washer and you got someone mm -hmm. on the ladder because you can't really do it from the ground right. when, you're, when yeah. you're right up against it. Uh, but, and then also what about like gutters and stuff like that too? So exterior gutters, um, they're using cheaper paint now on the exteriors of the gutters where you're getting like black vertical zebra stripes. And okay. that can happen as early as three months. You could purchase a brand new home, go to settlement. You have those black vertical zebra stripes. So mm -hmm. I have some local um, builders that will contact me to get those zebra stripes out of their gutters for the homeowner. So that's one thing with with the exterior gutters. Um, interior gutter cleaning, I've gotten calls from realtors that the inspector failed the gutter, failed basically failed the gutters mm -hmm. because they were so packed full um, 
that the gutters needed cleaned out, which mm-hmm. also lends me to another point about the roof cleaning. There are insurance companies out there now that are not giving you insurance if your roof is covered in moss. Okay. So that's of starting to become more common where I'm getting calls to clean a roof because the insurance company, the house was purchased. The insurance company will now not cover the house. It mm-hmm. needs to be cleaned because it's not allowing the the, the roof to properly drain. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that can actually affect the performance of the roof. Yeah, and, that's and it's, it's not just cosmetic. I mean, mm-hmm. cosmetics the one thing. Yeah, but it's it's also the lifespan. Yeah, of the roof, which is why it's important to get done. Now, what were you saying before about the uh, the rust lines too? Okay, so a lot of times there was a huge trend a couple of years ago to get those um, large barn stars on the side of the house. I'm a little basic. I still think they're cool. I like them too. <laughs> um, so you go to sell a house, or you still ha- you're not selling your house. You have them up. Yeah. You use drywall screws or you, you didn't use stainless steel screws and you're going to get those rust stains that come down the vinyl siding. I mm-hmm. can get that out as well. Again, not using pressure, mm-hmm. using the proper chemicals, then neutralizing the chemicals afterwards. Okay. So, you know, that can be a definite eyesore for some people's homes, depending on where it's situated as you enter the house. So rust stains is is popular for me to get out. So I'm going to go here and it's going to get super geeky for a minute and bear with us guys. What are these chemicals? Cause I, I like, I like natural stuff. I try to keep it organic when I can. I try to avoid chemicals and unnecessarily stuff like unnecessary stuff like that. Yep. Um, I guess a part of me is kind of nervous. Like, I don't know if I want to spray my whole house full of chemicals after, you know, I've done so taken so many steps to, to reduce the, uh, chemicals in my interior cleaning products and stuff. So basically, I'm I'm taking pool water Mm -hmm. and I'm applying it to your house Mm -hmm. in various strengths. So a basic vinyl house wash, um, I'm going to use about 1% sodium hypochlorite. Okay. That's very, very very low dose. I'm also using a surfactant to help it cling and stay on the surface. Mm -hmm. It's not bleach. Bleach is sodium hypochlorite and sodium hydroxide and some other things. Mm-hmm. So when you see outdoor bleach being sold at Home Depot, it's 6% strength. I'm only putting 1% strength on a vinyl house. Your household bleach that you have under your sink or that you put in your clothing is about 1%. Okay. So I have um, proportioners that can dial down to the certain percentage. Yeah. So yeah. when you get into stucco – you're looking at about 3% strength. Then when you're getting into a roof, you're looking at about 4% strength. If there's really bad moss, you might go all the way up to 6% strength. And you can adjust that from your... I can adjust that with a mixing valve. So that's another key thing is that you don't want to over-apply. You will kind of want to find that sweet spot of what's going to actually kill this algae or mold on the side of the house without mm-hmm. overdoing it. Then the, the, the most important step after that is these chemicals are caustic, so we want to actually neutralize them to bring that back to a, a neutral base so then we're not causing any other harm. A lot of times people ask me, when can my dog come out? When can my kids come out? I have five kids, three cats and a dog. <laughs> so it's the same stuff I use at my house. Yeah. Once it dries up, it's just going to break down into salt. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, 
Those of you that are into gardening know that salt can be detrimental to plants. That's why we neutralize. So the neutralizing is going to take rid of that salt effect. So what do you mean by neutralizing? Does it mean it's just a, rinsing? No. Okay. So it's a two-part process that I use. The, the, the other chemical is called sodium thiosulfate, which actually neutralizes the sodium hypochlorite. So imagine you have a pool. You got yeah. a brand new pool belt. You're going to tackle putting in the sodium hypochlorite, the liquid chlorine, if you will, into your pool. You put too much in. What are you going to do? You're not going to empty the pool. They sell chemicals to then neutralize that mm -hmm. too much chlorine. So that's the same concept that I'm doing with your house. Gotcha. So I'm actually okay. going to chemically reverse what I just did. So it's not even there. If I were to just dilute it, it's still going to be there. That would be like uh, draining your pool halfway and then putting water back in. Right. That's going to be very time-consuming, unnecessary. You're going to mm -hmm. just basically get the sodium thiosulfate. I don't know what they sell it as in the pool world in terms – I don't know if they call it a neutralizer, whatever they call it. But if you put too much in, you test your water, there's a chemical to you know help right. lower the percentage. Now, is that like part of the process every time or does it depend on what you're doing and what the – So I, I neutralize every time. Okay. Um, I try to help guys across the country, show them the importance of neutralizing every time. Um, but it's not it's not standard practice. I wish it was standard so this is, practice. So so the the soft wash the soft wash in mm -hmm. general is kind of a two step process. Just like when you go to the car wash, apply the soap, rinse it off. Yes. So okay. I apply, rinse, then I apply a waxing agent which has a neutralizer in it. Okay. So that's kind of that added step that I provide for the homeowners. Mm -hmm. uh, when it's just the roof. I'm going to use just the sodium thiosulfate. I'm not going to apply like a waxing agent to that. It's not going to have any UV. You don't need UV protection mm -hmm. on asphalt shingles. Um, now, you were talking about how like if the concrete is strong enough. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking maybe like a power washer would be good for mm -hmm. like a walkway or mm -hmm. something like that. But you're saying that even then it's still good to probably do a soft wash depending on the material and yeah. make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm sure you've come across um, walkways that look chipped. Maybe they use the incorrect salt during the wintertime. It's kind of flaky. Mm -hmm. You put pressure on that, we're going to cause even more harm. Mm -hmm. So I can still clean that by soft washing. So that's still going to make it appropriate. Um, it's going to clean it appropriately, and we're not going to provide any further damage to your concrete. If it's poured properly, there's no problems going at it with 3,000 PSI. But mm -hmm. you just – you have to have an eye for this. You have to have some experience um, well, to get this th done. That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, well, how do you know if it was poured properly until you attack it with the power washer and then well, you find out the hard way? <laughs> you'll know if it's flaking up. Yeah. Um, you'll it, – it won't, it won't look like it was properly done. Yeah. You know? So you can't just say – um, here's a standing operating procedure. We're going to pressure wash every front concrete entryway. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. You know, it, you've got to have an, an eye for it. And um, even sometimes I'll just err on the side of caution and soft wash it, you know, because you still have that deep mold and algae that's actually in the concrete. So sometimes you have to pressure wash it and you end up soft washing it at the end because the pressure didn't take it out. 
Okay. Yeah. So wow. you kind of sometimes are, are doing two, two steps to that. What about other stuff like, uh, porches, decks, um, you got the maintenance free decks, but right. that can build up some marks and some stuff on them too. Do you ever do those? Correct. So, uh, composite decks, you have, um, composite boards and then more recently over the years, you have your, your capstock composite, which is a composite deck board wrapped in PVC. And then you have just a PVC board. So a lot of people are going with the capstock PVC because a composite board is still made up of wood fibers. That's part of the composite. So with the capstock PVC or the composite, again, you want to use the special soaps to thoroughly clean that. That's how we get the handrails to you know appear re- very um, vibrant, again, with the white color. Mm-hmm. And I've seen my fair share of high pressure being used on composite decks because what you're actually doing is removing part of the surface. Mm-hmm. So even with a wood deck, I'm not using pressure. Mm-hmm. With a wood deck, I'm using two chemicals, sodium hydroxide, which is a paint stripper, all commercially bought. And then to brighten it, I'm using oxalic acid. Mm-hmm. And that's going to get it back to that blonde wood tone. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you'll see people take a pressure washer to it, splinter the deck. Yep. Then what happens, the stain cannot absorb into the wood because the pores aren't open. I had a guy contact me last month. His deck is about three months old. He wants to take proper care of his pressure-treated deck. That's fine. I like to wait about six to eight months because there is um, copper tones in it. You'll see the, the the green copper tones. That's the actual treatment of the wood. So you mean in like the pressure-treated wood, you get that like green Yes. Green. We need that to dry out yeah. about eight months later. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna still hit this with a um, probably a two step. I'll hit it with the sodium hydroxide. Then I'm gonna hit it with the auxilic acid to open up the pores. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna use about 800 psi on that to kind of punch some stuff off. But I'm not going to um, damage those wood fibers. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the key because when you get a new pressure treated board, it comes it's glazed from the factory where it went through the saw. So the saw's hot. It leaves kind of that almost waxy-looking material. Okay. So you still need to really do a two-step process to allow the pigment to actually penetrate into the wood. Okay, wow. Yeah. I had no idea that was even – like I never even thought about it. I yeah. was just like, it's, oh, yeah, you know, you strip all the stain off and you restain it, but – Yeah. <laughs> and I'll even go as far as actually um, hand sanding. Okay. Because what it will do is kind of raise that wood grain – and then when you stain it, it really makes it pop. Okay, wow. You know? Yeah, I mean, these are like the little things like you don't They're really little, think about when you're yeah. getting that like power wash quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, power washing, I, I kind of feel like it's a marketing term for Home Depot and Lowe's right. to sell a pressure washer or power washer. Down south, they use the term pressure washing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at Google Trends, it's more of – power wash or pressure washer near me mm-hmm. as you get up to about maryland and north it's power washing near okay. me so it's just kind of weird different parts of the country use different terms yeah this happens to be kind of the hotbed for power washing in the country because we have all four seasons we're close to the mountains we're close to the ocean mm-hmm. and that kind of just creates um the perfect storm the farther west out you go even as far as pittsburgh 
it drastically starts declining people needing it done. I mean, you could mm-hmm. go to the some parts of the country and it it doesn't even exist. Yeah. You know, it's it's you're in Arizona and you're just rinsing down a house. Cuz it's so dry, it's mainly just Correct. dust. Right. Whereas we're dealing with the the algae Correct. Um, forms of mold or yep. some sort, environmental stuff, yeah. uh, things coming off the trees, the leaves in the gutters, the, you know, just all the of- population that we have around here. So, yeah, like I said, as you go out to Pittsburgh, it does start yeah. declining uh, the number of people that need it done. You know, Florida's still the kind of the mecca mm-hmm. of power washing, um, just with all the 55 and older communities, the humidity. Um, they want to keep things looking nice down there. So those people will actually get it done in the 55 and older communities twice a year. Okay. Around here, um, some of my customers want it done every year, every other year. Some can put it off three to five years. A lot of it depends on location, mm-hmm. the way your house is facing. Um, you know, if your north side of your house is the front, you're going to be more inclined to get it done mm-hmm. more frequently. If the north side of your house is the back, Nobody ever sees it but you. You're probably less inclined. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of just like kind of like getting your your car washed. You know, some people do it every week, and yep. it and and how and when you do it is going to depend on where you're at in mm-hmm. the part of the country. And sure, you know, when you get into really some of the more detailing uh, aspects of things, right. like what a detailer on the West Coast does and a right. detailer on the East Coast does, there's going to be some nuance there because yep. they're dealing with different environments. Yeah, around here we have road salt, that sort of thing. So you're, you know, you're you're really dealing with, you know, e- even the road salt is where you would use some of those chemicals I was that I'm say. using to neutralize yeah. the, the salt on your frame. So they, if you go up into Massachusetts and stuff like that, that's common. Um, a lot of truck drivers... They have products they sell for them mm-hmm. to apply to their their tractor trailers and stuff to neutralize the salt. So there is there is a lot of chemistry actually involved with this. It's not it's not a splash and dash type of operation. You're right, right, right. Well, and that's why also you were telling me how your rig is made so you can adjust those different percentages mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm I'm sure like you know I've I've never really pre- I've I've kind of I've helped maybe power wash mm-hmm. a house mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. you've washed probably what a couple thousand yeah thousands <laughs> it feels like so um, so even, yeah yeah so knowing like the different like like percentages to apply in what situations and mm-hmm. stuff like there that that kind of expertise is something that i can't necessarily google like right what, what's best for cleaning not, my particular house in my particular area and you're not going to find the right results either you know the first couple results on google aren't going to give you necessarily right. the right the correct answer. So yeah, there's, um, there's industry paint issues going on now. Uh, Sherwin Williams, um, started putting an interior primer in their exterior paint. So Hmm. that's causing issues, um, when cleaning, Mm -hmm. when, when soft washing. So that's a, a problem again, that happens not necessarily around here. It can happen around here, but more of your Victorian style homes are getting painted. Mm -hmm. Um, down south, we have a lot of stucco homes that are getting painted. There's a lot of a lot of issues going on with that. So um, James Hardy Fiber Cement Board, mm-hmm. if that's been repainted around here, you're going to want to definitely do some test spots instead of coming out and and um, altering the pigment in your uh, paint job. Yeah, yeah. And you were saying that like for some of the siding, like Hardy Board siding, mm-hmm. it's this is what's recommended. 
like they have a manufacturer's recommend recommendation on how to clean their siding, right? Right. And they're also going to like any other type of warranty, they might give you a 30 year warranty or a lifetime warranty. But when you start reading the fine print, you know, how frequently was it soft washed? Who soft washed it? Was it a reputable company? Really? Those sorts of things. I mean, anything to kind of get you out of a warranty claim, <laughs> they're going to do. So you have to maintain mm-hmm. the exterior of your house. I've seen algae mold actually attack the paint, eat through the paint because it's been untouched for so long. So the same thing could happen to your hardy board. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, man, thanks for joining us. What's the best way if someone's interested in uh having you come out um what's the best way they can contact you best way to contact me is just go to my website housewashpa.com i actually have an instant approval or not instant approval i have an instant online quote Mm -hmm. you would fill out the same information that i fill out it's going to give you some different options if you want to add exterior window cleaning to it roof cleaning gutter cleaning and um yeah you can just go right on there fill out the form and it's going to give you an instant quote right away Awesome. Cool. And that's housewashpa.com. Cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. Brought to you by REMAX Ace Realty. Serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found. This episode is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty in Downingtown, PA. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, we have a real estate expert for you. Search for homes or contact an agent at acerealtypa.com.